0: We are, are looking at this idea of marriage. We believe that God created marriage, that God is for marriage, that marriage is designed to be a blessing. And yet what we've seen is here at City Church, as well as pretty much everywhere in America, a lot of marriages have been under attack. In fact, we, we've discovered a, a number of marriages in, in the past year uh, that have been on the rocks. That have, hey, we need you to pray for us. We need some counseling. We, we, we're not sure that we're gonna make it. Uh, And so we wanted to put together a series to play offense. Instead of just waiting for marriages to be attacked, we want to start helping build better marriages now. And we know not everybody here is married. Uh, Some of you have been married in the past. You're not married anymore. Some of you are too young or or haven't taken that step yet. Uh, But we believe that if we can build better marriages, everybody's going to benefit. Man, the kids benefit, the neighborhood benefits, the workplace benefits, the school benefits, that everybody gets better when marriages get better. We absolutely believe our church gets better as our marriages get better. So we're taking five weeks to, to speak into marriage, to focus on marriage. If you are not married yet, we believe that there's going to be some principles and some things here that you can do just like Maggie said, to, to, to do it now, to prevent some pain later on, to learn this stuff now, that's going to save you at a future date. If you're not married and you want to be, I man, I encourage you to lean in and take notes and allow God to speak to you. If you are married, um, I think there's gonna be so much that's right there that you're gonna connect with, that you're gonna to relate to. So, we started last week looking at four keys to a healthy marriage. And what we're gonna do the next four weeks is take each of those keys and spend one week focusing on that. And so, I'm gonna warn you up front, I'm giving you homework every week. We're gonna have some practical application for married couples um, on, on whatever we discuss. So, you're gonna get some homework as you leave today. Um, also, last week we told you if you have questions about marriage, something that you're dealing with, something Something Related to scripture, just whatever it might be, any questions about marriage, you can submit those by texting 662 404 2489. That's our church phone number. You can text those in, um, and we're going to be addressing those as we go through the series and answering those for you. We're not going to get to any of them today because we have a lot to cover in a short amount of time, but that does not mean we're ignoring or forgetting those who texted this week. We're going to get to you, I promise. Um, so, we're talking today about the first key to a healthy marriage to make communication a daily priority. And before we get into that, I want to invite some of our elders, Dave and Susan Wearsma, up to talk to us. So go ahead and give it up for Dave and Susan as they're coming down. Some, some awesome people right here that God brought to our area in, was it 2016. You guys moved? Okay, so they've been here four and a half years now. Um, and God's used them in, in such a great way in my life and in Melody's life and in our church. Uh, about a year ago, as our elders, we were talking about the challenges a lot of our marriages have, talking about marriages that were in trouble and how can we address this? How can we help? How can we come alongside marriages that were on the rocks? And Dave and Susan shared with us a a ministry that they'd been a part of in Illinois at their previous church before they moved here, a marriage mentorship program. And we started looking into it. And long story short, we decided, hey, this is the right thing for our church. And so we've trained up some marriage mentors. And by we, I mean they have trained up some marriage mentors. Uh, They are running this ministry. They are marriage mentor mentors. Uh, but they're going to share with you just a little bit about why they're passionate about this, why they believe in this, um, and what they've seen God do through this ministry. And then we'll talk a little bit about how you can get involved with it um, afterwards. So, Dave, take it away.
1: All right. Uh, well, when uh, when Pastor Troy um, approached us about uh, speaking today on marriage mentoring, he um, I wasn't sure what to say, and uh, I I shared with them this morning, I still wasn't quite sure what to say. We kind of talked about it uh, over the weekend, and like, what do we want to really bring out in this? And, you know, I was trying to come up with all these great, deep, insightful things to share with you. Yeah. Um, What it came down to was that we were really sick and tired of seeing marriages fail, That's why we wanted to do this. Um, You know, we kind of live in a a time and a culture where we've got so many conveniences, you know, like microwave ovens that you can put your leftover uh, pad tie or whatever in there and 30 seconds later, you got uh, your meal ready. Um, You know, we've got um, things that we buy that we use for a time and then when it breaks, no longer useful, we throw it away. And marriage is not supposed to be one of those things. Marriage is neither convenient nor disposable. Um, and so what we're trying to do with the marriage mentoring is to give couples the tools that they can use to f- to fix, to repair, to maintain their marriage. Um one of the things that the marriage mentoring is not it's not a counseling session you know you're not going to be sitting on a couch and and you know spilling your your you know deepest secrets yeah we are going to get you know get into things and uh be talking about uh the issues that are in the marriage but what we're going to really be doing is equipping the um the couple to be able to identify And address and resolve the issues the problems that come up in their marriage and so we take uh, ten weeks Um, the mentors will meet with the the couple they'll get to know them and they'll they'll help them through this process they'll guide them through this um, uh, process of resolving issues negotiating and coming to uh, resolutions to conflicts in their marriage Um, wanted to have Susan share a little bit about, uh, what we've seen from, uh, the results of the mentoring.
2: Um, so, um, we had to sit back and think about how many couples we had actually mentored in our previous church. We came up with, we believe to be like six or seven couples, Um, we've had a number of them that are premarital couples, um, a number of them that were, um, couples that just wanted to have their marriage get better, um, a number of them that were in crisis. Um, and we certainly are not going to take the credit for the work that any of those couples have done. Um, we have seen success in many of those marriages. Unfortunately, we did still see one marriage that did, um, eventually end in divorce, um, but that was because both couples were, both parties of that couple were not totally committed to the process of working through the issues. Um, one of the things that we are very passionate about is making those marriages good. Um, we had some very close friends um, at our previous church. Um, our daughters were friends with them. We did life with them. We were constantly hanging out together. Um, we thought they had a good marriage. We thought they had a good relationship. And then all of a sudden, they came to us and said they're getting a divorce. And it rocked our world. Um, it, so we just kind of, it's one of those things that we really felt very passionate about that we hated to see that. We watched the family dissolve we watched the relationships that we had with that family dissolve even with our kids they they saw it and it hurt our kids Um, so that was one of the reasons Um, another reason was that we wanted to show our children what a healthy marriage looked like to encourage them to have a healthy marriage someday as well as also to want to be married, um, and so that was that's that's our main heart. Is we just we we feel very strongly with this, um, and um, we I also will say <laughs> we've been all, we'll have been married thirty years in May, um, and um, we've we've not always had it perfect. As Troy said, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. We've had our ups, we've had our downs, um, but we were committed to making it last and doing it the best that we could. Yeah, no yeah there was no escape clause. We, we already told that to our son-in-laws when, before they married our daughters. We're like, y- you make this commitment, you ain't bringing her back, sorry. <laughs> no refunds, no returns, nope, <laughs> you're stuck. <laughs> so <laughs> That's
0: awesome. thank you guys you give it up one more time for Dave and Susan so what we're going to do guys is that at the end of this series three weeks from today Uh, we're going to have cards that everyone will have to to fill out to let us know if you're interested in being mentored. An opportunity for you to say, hey, we we think we may want this. Um, It doesn't commit you to going through it, but it commits you to exploring the possibility uh, of going through marriage mentorship. So we're telling you now so you can start praying about it, thinking about it, talking about it, so it's not just like, spur of the moment, you make this decision to fill out this card. We want you to have time to consider it. If you choose to go through mentorship, you'll be assigned a mentor couple uh, who you'll meet with once a week for 10 weeks, uh, and they're going to walk you through um, how to solve issues yourself. The goal of this is not for you to now have a guru that you go to for all of your problems. The goal is for them to give you tools to resource you as a marriage to be successful as you move forward. And so uh, we really believe this is going to be an awesome ministry. We have three mentor couples who are signed up uh, to to be a part of this. My wife, Melody, and I are are one of those couples. Dave and Susan are one of those couples. And then uh, Greg and Sheila Minat are the others. Uh, If you are in a healthy place in your marriage, you don't Need mentoring, you're, you're, you're at a healthy place and you see some success in your marriage, and you'd be interested in, in being a mentor couple. We'd love to talk to you about that as well. We feel like we're going to have more need than the three couples that we already have trained up are, are able to, to handle. And so, if you want to take that step and you'd be willing to, to open up your relationship to, to other couples to mentor them, uh, you don't have to be a perfect marriage to do this. None of us are. Uh, but if you're in a, a place where it's healthy and you've got a passion to see marriage succeed, uh, we would love to talk to you about being a mentor couple. So that's coming up here in a few weeks as something that we really believe is going to be a great resource to the marriages in our church. So today, again, we're talking about making communication a daily priority. In the book that I use uh, to walk couples through premarital counseling, there's a chapter on communication, and the chapter on communication opens with this sentence. It says that as Blood is to life, so communication is to marriage, right? communication is to love what blood is to life. In other words, you can't live without blood, right? With no blood, there's no life. And with no communication, there's no relationship. With no communication, there's no love. You're never going to be able to succeed in marriage without successful, healthy communication. That's why we're going to make it a daily priority. Last week we looked at Genesis 2.25 as we introduced this idea, this concept that Adam and his wife were naked and they felt no shame. And obviously that's not explicitly a communication verse, but I think it has some great communication implications that at the very beginning of marriage, at the original design that God had for marriage, there was nothing hidden. There was, everything was exposed. Everything was out there. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And and I believe that's what God wants in our marriages for us to be able to be completely open with one another. And that takes work, right? It, it, it takes some time. It takes some inconvenience. It takes Some pain, but it is absolutely worth it. You see, time is the currency of relationships. If you want your marriage to get better, if you want your relationship to get better, there is no shortcut, no substitute for time. You're going to have to invest your time into that relationship to see it improved. Now, I've been guilty of of what a lot of people do. I think especially guys, but probably some women are guilty of this too. It's what I call the cable company marriage. Uh, The cable company marriage, you ever signed up for a cable and you got like an amazing package for the first 12 or 25? four months. They give you their lowest rate. They give you the best stuff. They give you like good customer service on the front end. And you're like, okay, this is a great thing. And then you get to the end of that contract, the end of that first commitment. And all of a sudden you get a bill and it's three times what it was before, right? And now the customer service is terrible. They don't want to answer the phone. Like you can't speak to anybody. You you get this horrible experience. Well, unfortunately, many of us approach marriage the same way. We put the very best that we have out there on the front end, especially even before the marriage, right? We're, we're going to work at this. We're going to give time. We're going to be sweet and thoughtful and romantic. And as men, it's like, hey, we're, we're hunters. We're pursuers. So once we've made the catch, well, now we're going to give you the other package. Now now we're going to let you know who we really are. And that's a very dangerous place to be. And one of the reasons why we get to that place is we oftentimes are guilty of distracted communication and so I've asked my wife Melody to come the better half of our relationship to share with you a little bit about that and why that's so dangerous so give it up for the beautiful and glamorous Melody Soudon. this is our Melody moment
3: okay thanks oh man I don't even know what to say you're just anyway um so I just want to preface that I think Troy and I have a great marriage. We've been married almost 11 years and um, in November, and uh, I think we have healthy communication um, a lot in part because I push him to talk to me about things. He loves to talk anyway, but I really want to talk about things that matter. So... <laughs> Guilty. So we started dating long distance um about 11 years ago. It's it's a long story. We were friends before and um I was in college in Florida and he was here. So we our relationship was long distance. So what that looked like for us is um we would visit each other about once a month just for a few days. I would come here, he would go there, whatever. So most of our time our relationship was spent on the phone, um, so we would text all day, and then after 9 p.m. when it was free, we would talk, and we would talk and talk and talk. And at the time, it was great. Now, I mean, I there's, I would never want to talk on the phone for that long, <laughs> like not even more than five minutes, let alone like five hours, like every night. Um, but it was great. We dove in, and we had like really deep discussions. It wasn't just surface level things. Um, So then when I moved here, after we got engaged and we're getting ready to get married, I realized, well, he's a pastor and everybody is in communication with him. People are constantly calling him, texting him, just trying to talk to the pastor. And I get it. And so I was like, where's my time? Where's my communication? And so a big struggle in our marriage has been his phone. And I hate that thing with like everything inside of me. Um... Just even seeing it, it just triggers something in me um and so one one thing that we do is at at dinner time when he comes home is he supposed to put his phone away and so a lot of times you know when he comes home I try to have dinner ready on the table for when he walks in because you know I'm a great wife and (laughs) no but and then he comes in and he kind of forgets to to put his phone away or whatever and so of course it's dinner time people are going to call that's just how it happens and so I hear that ding or that call and sometimes he's like let me just answer that and I'm like Okay, I've been home all day, and you want to talk to more people, great. Um, And so we just have a rule, like, hey, put the phone away, turn the ringer off, don't even have it on the table, don't have it anywhere, you know, where I can see it. Um, And so even I was preparing for this, I just was, you know, convicted that healthy things grow, and so I want our marriage to grow, and I want us to grow in love, because I, I I'm a believer that I don't think we just fall in love. I don't think it's just by accident. I believe we grow in love and we choose to do that. So I want to choose to to love him and continue to have a healthy marriage. Um, and so one way to do that is 1 Corinthians 13, 4. It says, love is patient. And um, I think Troy is really patient, and I'm not. And I hate it because I'm like, just listen to me the first time and everything will be all right. Um for our, for our, you know, our marriage and our kids. Um, and the second part of that is love is kind. And so for me, I have to remember to not have a sarcastic remark or, you know, some snarky remark after he has his phone out every single day, even though we go over this every single day, put your phone away. It's a trigger for me. Um, but that's just one of those kind of things that we work through, one of the many things we work through in our marriage, um, just to make it healthy and which is constant that we are constantly working on things. But I love you. I think we have a great marriage, but put the phone away.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Melody. So part of communication is speaking and part of it is listening, right? And you've heard it said many times, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? That we should be slow to speak, quick to listen. Uh, and so that can be a challenge for me because I'll come home and just be fired up about this or want to talk about this and not actually sit down and listen to what she has going on. But one of the big challenges with the phone and one of the reasons why I'm really trying to work on this is because you've you've heard of the famous UCLA study, right? That communication is only 7% of what is said. It's 38% tone of voice and and 55% nonverbal, your body language. And so with listening, I may actually hear what she's saying and may even be processing what she's saying. But when I'm distracted and I'm looking at my phone, what I'm communicating to her is that what she's saying isn't important. Right, I'm non-verbally telling her that, even though I may actually be listening and processing. And so that's the challenge for me is remembering that. That that one thing that we've started saying in our house the last couple of weeks is, "Hey, you listen with your eyeballs," um, and, and that's something that's. Uh, a struggle, right? It's something I have not mastered. That's why I told you last week, hey, I'm not getting up here to talk to you as the marriage expert. Uh, I'm getting up to you here to to share with you what does the Bible say and what do the experts have to say because I am far from having this mastered. I am a very, very imperfect husband with a much more close to perfect wife, uh, who I'm grateful, so grateful for that I get to do life with and get to teach with through this series. Um, but listening is such a massively important part of this process. Uh, If we're going to make communication a daily priority, there's another quote I want to share with you from it's called before I say I do. It's uh, the book that. We do premarital counseling with, and it says this. It says, if there's any indispensable insight with which a young married couple should be should uh, being their life together, it's that they should try to keep open at all costs the lines of communication between them. A marriage can be likened to a large house with many rooms to which a couple fall heir on their wedding day. Their hope is to use and enjoy these rooms as we do the rooms in a comfortable home so they will serve the many activities that make up their shared life. But in many marriages, doors are found to be locked. They represent areas in the relationship which the couple are unable to explore together. Attempts to open these doors lead to failure and frustration. The right key cannot be found. So the couple resign themselves to living together in only a few rooms that can be opened easily, leaving the rest of the house with all of its promising possibilities unexplored and unused. There is, however, a master key that will open every door. It's not easy to find, or more correctly, it has to be forged together by the couple. And this can be very difficult. It is the great art of effective marital communication. So it's like this idea that, that every marriage is a house, and that there's different rooms that are easy to get into. These are the rooms that we operate in every day. But for many of us, there's other rooms that man have so much potential, that, that God wants to do something great in, but those rooms are uncomfortable. Those rooms are locked off because there's some secret from our past, because there's some way that we've been hurt in a previous relationship or in this relationship, or something that's intimidating about that aspect that we just want to steer clear from. And so I believe that the difference between where your marriage is today and the marriage that God wants you to have lies in those unlocked rooms. I believe that the the, the great potential for your marriage is in learning how to unlock those rooms. Now, for some marriages, they may all be unlocked, but there may be one that's just a little uncomfortable we don't go in very often. For some marriages, there's many, many rooms that have never even been touched. But I believe the difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is in unlocking those rooms. In fact, Pastor Craig Rochelle, one of the the pastors who I look up to the most, he says this. He says, the greatest difference between where you are today and where God wants you to be is the amount of pain you are unwilling to endure. So let's be real. Opening those rooms can be painful. Opening those rooms can be difficult. Opening those rooms can be messy. If you've got a room in your house you haven't been in for a few years and you finally go in that room, you're probably going to find some cobwebs. You're probably going to find some dust. You're probably going to realize this thing is not in great condition, right? Like, I'm not saying you're going to open that door and all of a sudden rainbows are going to shine and angels are going to sing as the birds flutter around, right? Like, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be difficult. But there's so much potential in that room. There's so much more that God can do with you and in you if you can take the difficult step of unlocking that thing and having those conversations. So here's what we're going to challenge you guys to do. I told you I'm giving you homework every week. Well, Proverbs 18.21 says this, says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I believe that your tongue has the ability to bring life into your marriage or death into your marriage. And for many of us, we use it both ways, right? There are times where my tongue brings life and there are times where my tongue brings death. Well, my goal in this series for my marriage and for yours is that we're going to use our tongues to bring life. And that's going to be through some uncomfortable communication. So couples homework this week, you're going to get a, a, a flyer, a half sheet on your way out. If you're a married couple, we have them for every couple. If you're not a married couple, but you want this, you can have it too. Uh, it's not just like exclusive to married couples. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, we've got it already up on our Facebook page. Or if you don't want to touch because of COVID, you're like, I don't want to touch something that somebody's touched, you can go to our Facebook page and access it that way to, to stay safe. Uh, so we've got it there for you. But here here is the homework assignment this week. You're going to speak life into your marriage by setting aside at least one hour to intentionally communicate. You're going to explore the following communication rooms. So I want you to pick out an hour this week. that are no distractions, no kids. The kids are already in bed. Whatever, they're they're at school and maybe you don't have kids. An hour, there's no distractions. The phone's put away. The TV's turned off. There's no nothing getting through. This can't be a night when you're like on call for work, right? One hour where you can focus just you and your spouse and you're going to ask each other a series of questions, four questions. And if you're a married couple here, I want both of you to do this. I know we have some people, you come to church, but your your spouse doesn't. And so if you're in that category where your spouse doesn't come to church here, I'm going to ask you to try and initiate this conversation with your spouse and try to ask them these questions and they don't have to ask them to you. If they will, that's awesome. Hopefully they'll reciprocate and, you know, take the hint and be like, oh, uh, what do you think? Right? But at least ask them, at least initiate this with them uh, that that you can ask the questions. So here's the questions. Number one, how am I doing as your spouse? What am I doing well? What am I doing poorly? At work, you get a annual job performance review, right? This is your job performance. How am I doing as a husband? That's a terrifying question. Uh, I, and I'm gonna have this same conversation with you this week, and you can all hate me, and I will hate me when I have this conversation too, but I think it's important. How am I doing as your spouse? Please, Lord, let there be an answer to this first one. What am I doing well? Let's talk about that. Let's focus on that for a minute. Notice we start with the good, right? Start with encouragement. What am I doing poorly? What, what could I do better? How am I doing as your spouse? That may take the whole hour. That may take a lot more than a whole hour, right? We're going to give at least an hour to do this. Uh, second question, what are your hopes and dreams, how can I help you achieve these? Maybe they're educational. Maybe they're ministry callings. Maybe, maybe it's something for the family. Maybe it's something totally different. But, but what are their hopes and dreams? Now, you're like, I've been married for 15 years. I know everything that they desire. Here's what I've found. I've been married 10 years, and the call that God has on my wife changes a little bit. The direction that he has her going, right? There's new things that she desires. There's new hopes and new dreams that God's placed in her. And I'm really bad about asking that. And think, like she said, we're good at communicating because she's good at making us communicate. <laughs> and she's like, hey, you haven't asked me what I, what I, what I want to do. I'm like, well, what, what's going on, baby? What's in your heart? And she'll tell me. And so ask the question, what are your hopes and dreams? But don't stop there. How can I help you achieve that? How can I support you? One of the things we said last week, right, is we're going to support each other in everything, so how can I get behind this stuff that God's placed in your heart? How can I get behind this this new degree that you want to go get? How can I get behind this career change that's been kicking around that that just keeps coming back up? How can I get behind this thing you want to do in the family or or whatever it might be, man, this new ministry you want to start, this small group you want to be a part of? Like, what can I do to make this happen? This desire that's in you come to pass. Number three, what has God been doing in your life and showing you lately? What's God been doing in your life? And so this is where we just got done talking about this mask series, right? Taking off the mask. Some of us may not have a good answer to this question because we haven't been spending any time with God. And your spouse may think you've got this great thing going on with God right now. And you may just have to say really honestly, you know what? He's not really showing me much because I haven't been listening. I haven't given him any time. And that's hard and that's painful, but it's so powerful. Because when you bring it out into the light, now it's like, okay, now I can help you. Now we can initiate time together. Now now we can pick out a Bible plan or whatever it is that we need to do so that you can be getting tuned in with what God wants to speak into your life. But maybe God is showing them some stuff. Maybe God is revealing some things to them. And you're going to get to find that out and discover that together and encourage one another and speak life into each other because there's a great answer to that question. Number four, is there anything you want to talk about that you just never know how to bring up. This is the open-ended, right? This may be some pain from your own personal past that has nothing to do with your marriage. This may be some pain in the marital past, something that happened a long time ago that is like I don't, even, I can't even talk about it because it's it was so long ago. It seems stupid to bring it up now, but man, it still hurts. You're opening that door. You're giving them the knife and saying, "Look, the wounds of a f- friend are, are, are faithful if you stab me in the front. Tell me the truth." Tell me what's hard to hear. I need, I need to know it. What is there that you want to talk about that you've just been scared, intimidated, too hurt to be able to initiate? Like I said, this may take a lot longer than an hour. Uh, we're going to set aside one hour, and then if we need to, we're going to set it aside again next week and the next week until we can get through all this stuff. Don't just rush through it. Don't try to fly through it. For some of us, your, your relationship's in a healthy place. It's going to be a really good conversation, and it's going to be really quick because you've already covered it all recently. And if that's the case, then, man, let God take the conversation somewhere else. Spend that time together in a productive way, right? Like, spend that time on your marriage if you don't have to spend the whole hour on this conversation. But we're going to value our spouse and value our marriage and prioritize it. And so don't just throw it together. Don't just kind of get around to it. Set a time. Set a date. Hey, we're going to pick Thursday night at 8 o'clock. And we're going to have our conversation or whatever that might be for you, for your relationship. Husbands, I believe that God's called us to be leaders in the relationship. So let's just man up. Let's just step up. Let's take the lead on this. Let's not wait till next Sunday morning and we get here and they're like, hey, how'd your homework go? And it's like, oh, I forgot. Right? Let's choose. Let's put it and get your phone out and put it in your phone. Like I'm making an appointment. I'm making a time where I'm going to value my marriage and prioritize Communication. Now, we're going to prioritize communication every day. Every day you're not going to get an hour set aside of undivided attention. I don't. My wife doesn't. Like, that's not something that we have. we got a whole lot of other things going on, right? But we're going to find an hour this week where we can do this, where we can ask these difficult questions and begin to start unlocking some doors. Here's what I believe. I believe God has a plan for your marriage to be better than it is right now. I believe God didn't design for the first year of your marriage to be the best year right? God doesn't believe in cable channel marriages, cable company marriages. He wants your marriage to be greater today at 10 years, at 20 years, at 30 years. We got two couples today that said they're coming up on 30 years. That's awesome. Man, that's that's something to celebrate. That's a long way to go for us. Be a lot less hair and probably a lot grayer in 20 years from now, but she's still gonna love me in Jesus name. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Like young love is a beautiful thing, but old love is so much more beautiful, isn't it? Man, isn't old love such an amazing thing? I want that. I want a relationship that lasts, a relationship that endures, a relationship my kids can look up to, like Susan said, where they can look at us and say, hey, mom and dad had a healthy marriage, so I'm going to pursue that as well. I'm going to find one. I'm going to believe God for providing me with a spouse, that we can do this together. We're going to make communication a daily priority. Ephesians 4.29 says this. I'm going to close with this verse, and then the worship team is going to lead us in a song as we close. says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen when you have this conversation for some of us there's going to be the opportunity to really hurt our spouse There's, there's going to be opportunity to say some things that are really painful that are true and so i encourage you to speak truth if there's long Things that, that have needed to be addressed for a long time. This is the chance. Don't ignore them and don't push them under the rug. But also think through how you're going to say that. Think through how you can say this in a way that's going to encourage and build up my marriage. And build up my spouse. And not just a way that, that can tear them down. Because all of us have some things that are probably negative that we could talk about. But we're hopefully going to have some positive things we can share as well. So build each other up. We're, we're going to speak the things are going to make our marriage better and that doesn't mean it won't be painful that doesn't mean it won't be messy that doesn't mean it won't be ugly again those unlocked rooms man when you unlock that room that's been shut for a long time it's not going to be pretty in there let's just be real but we're going to get it cleaned up we're going to take advantage of the opportunity that we have a God who is for us if you hear anything today I want you to know married couples God is for your marriage he is for you husband he is for you wife he is for you, make not just making it, not just surviving, not just being in a miserable relationship that, that has no love in it, but he is for you, rediscovering and reawakening the reason why you got married in the first place, the reason why this thing ever ever came to be, he is for you. And so I've asked our worship team to sing a song called The Blessing, and they're gonna sing it over our marriages, over our families, over our relationships. If you're not married today, I want you to receive this for as sowing seed into your future marriage that God is for me and he's he's gonna bless my marriage and take advantage of this time to to pray over that future spouse. Maybe you know who they are, maybe you don't. If you're married, I want you to receive this as a blessing. It's words straight out of scripture. Blessing from the heart of God for your relationship, for your situation, for your family, for your marriage. And so I'm gonna ask married couples and and actually the whole church, would you stand up as they get ready to sing this? Um, Let's approach this in an attitude of prayer. The words will be on the screen. You can sing along if you like. Or you can just be in you, you can be in prayer and talk to God. But they're gonna declare this blessing and they're gonna declare this. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for our marriages. Amen.